everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Politically Pagan. Uh, I'm Van, your host, and today, first off, I want to give a shout out to Faye Wild for your uh, video message. I just want to tell you that that really meant a lot uh, to me um, in particular. It, it really helps to get feedback to hear that we're actually doing something right instead of just speaking out into the void, you know, and just... Um, so that somebody's listening, um, somebody is gaining something from what we're trying to say, you know. Um, and I just wanted to tell you that I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. I really appreciate all of you guys listening to the podcast. Um, and I hope that it is a helpful, hopefully cathartic resource for you, right? Um I had to re-record this intro because I noticed that because I wasn't like orotating directly into my mic that some parts of the podcast were kind of choppy and I don't really want it to be choppy. So I'd rather re-record the intro um, so that it's good quality for you guys. But I'm just going to touch base on some things that are important. Uh, if you've been on TikTok at all, you know about the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago and you know about all of the absolute shitstorm that's going on there. Um, you will also know that there's a big controversy uh, about the student loan forgiveness um, thing that Biden finally followed through on, which was part of his campaign promise, right? Um, and conservatives are losing their minds. They're losing their minds. And, and it's frustrating to me because it seems like when there's a war or... There's businessmen pockets to be lined or their own pockets to be lined from businesses and lobbyists. Um, we can find money out of thin air. And it's not even a question. It's not even a question about it, right? We can just find money. Um, so what we've asked is for student loan forgiveness, which at this point is the bare fucking minimum. The bare fucking minimum that can do, they can do for us. And uh, Republicans and conservatives are losing their minds. Some states are taxing their are taxing their populace for the forgiveness of a debt. The debt's not like a solid dollar amount. It's not even, it's ethereal. It's not even liquidated. It's just it's non-existent until it's paid. So they're going to tax you for money you didn't get as if it was an income tax, but it's not an income because you didn't receive 20 grand, right? That you could apply to whatever you wanted. Maybe it was a student loan. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, you received a Pell Grant. You get 20 grand. That's what they're hearing, and that's how they're treating it. Um, that is, it, it, it is balls to the wall silly, um, and absolutely just, it doesn't surprise me at all anymore doesn't surprise me at all when they do stupid shit like this. They have zero problem giving tax cuts to the, the wealthiest, to those that have it the best. They have zero problem doing that. But any time at all that they're going to do anything for the American people, it has to be discussed ad nauseum at committee. And if anybody does anything unilateral to help the American people, then they lose their shit. Well, where's mine, they ask. Where's where's all my stuff? Why didn't this happen for me? Did you go to college? 
Well, no. Well, then that's why. Like, come on. Common sense. Very simple shit. Speaking of common sense and very simple shit, if you're found with 300 documents that are supposed to be top secure clearance, they're top secret for a reason, and you're found to have not only taken them against your own law and taken them uh, without proper clearance um, and removed them from where they're supposed to be stored unless certain guidelines have been met, and then only giving some of them back while hiding the others in your house, you should go to prison. Like, there's not even a question. There is not even a question if a Democrat had done this, if a Democratic president had done this, they would have lit him on fire in the street to the cheers of the crowd. It, it, they would have, well, pardon the, the phrasing, but they would have politically crucified that person, and they very well may have quite literally demanded a death penalty for somebody that was doing the kind of stuff we're seeing that's coming out about Trump. Yet, I'm sorry, someone that shall remain unnamed. Yeah, a little late. But, you know... Um, the things that are coming out about this guy, we already knew. Okay. All, if you listen to this podcast, okay, there's a very good chance that you have political views that are a certain way. Yeah. And, uh, that you actively understand where, where I sit and where my crew sits on the political spectrum. Um, and that is uh, so progressive that there is no candidate really for us. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, 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 we vote for the, the closest damn thing that we can. That's going to be, you know, ethical. Um, but for the most part, you know, I think you can pretty much figure out that I'm certainly not a conservative. And I'm certainly in no way uh, schmatzy or anything like that. Yeah. Mm hmm. So when you have somebody that has actively broken the protocol regarding top secret stuff and broken the, their own law, he signed an executive order that made it so that for every document you removed, it was five years in prison. He did this because he thought it was a gotcha for Hillary. And then he then did the thing to break his own law, his own executive order. And my, oh my. Uh, oh, I think he thought he was going to get Obama too, but Obama did the checks. Obama has receipts. So <laughs> that didn't really work. But it's it's very funny that this guy is breaking every rule, and now they're trying to go, well, we know he broke every rule, but it's a banana republic if you try to hold him accountable because he's a political opponent. There are other political opponents. He's being primaried. He's not the only political opponent. He's not even the most viable political uh, opponent. Ron DeSantis is quickly catching him in the polls. So, and as frightening as that is, I don't think DeSantis really has a chance against Biden either. Um, I just don't. I would vote for a goat 
with a hat that says I want to be president before I vote for uh, Ron DeSantis. You know, uh, I think that most anybody that is on the, a left leaning bent would do the same thing. You know, hopefully they don't write in goat with presidential hat. Instead, they, you know, circle a little circle that says Joe Biden as much as there's like a distaste in my mouth from even thinking about the thought. But hey, it's not a schmatzy, right? You gotta, you gotta choose. Do you want a schmatzy or not a schmatzy? Uh, right now we want not schmatzy, and I'll circle whatever fucking bubble I have to do to get there. You know, I'm not saying everybody has to vote. I'm not saying that everybody should go out and vote. I'm saying I do vote. That's why I vote the way that I do. Not because of anything other than I have a shitty two-party electoral system, and it's literally the only way to ensure that my country doesn't slide headlong into fascism, which could very well end with us living in a full-blown, uh, enforced Christian theocracy under a Christian version of Sharia law, where if we don't, like, pray every fucking hour or whatever, we get shot. And that's not something that I really want to have happen. So I vote so that it doesn't. So what does it mean to betray the public trust if you can get away with it? Because that's what Donald Trump um, has done. He has betrayed the public trust. He thinks he can get away with it. And he may be right. That's the part that frightens me the most, is that he very well may be right. That justice may not be done. Although I do have hope. I have hope that uh, when uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland was overseas basically doing a world tour before the warrant and the affidavit went out um that he was you know touching base with all the people for whom trump had intelligence for and may or may not have been allegedly selling it to other people i mean come on it's trump he'll do anything for a buck but even sell out his own country but um I believe 100% this Russian agent that said he is a Russian asset and has been. We've been grooming him to be an asset since the 80s. I 100% believe that. 100%. Um, this dude is so steeped in corruption, it literally drips out his pores from the McDonald's bag he's been eating. Um, it's, it's just... When you betray the public trust... You should be held accountable. I don't care if you are uh, a saint otherwise. And everything you have done up to and including performing miracles has been absolutely fantastic. The moment you break the law, you should be tried to the full extent of the law. I personally believe that presidential pardoning was the worst thing we could have done. That gives a king-like power to a leader that should not have king-like power. If there's one thing that we should change, like if we get another convention, right, to write a new constitution, if there's one thing that absolutely needs to go, just straight up cut off and left on the floor of Congress, it's the presidential pardon. Because that's how we got here. People aren't being held accountable, and we fear a presidential pardon. We fear that, a, that uh, yet another president is going to let a former president get away with absolutely abysmal criminal acts 
criminal acts, by the way, that make what Richard Nixon did look like uh, uh, it, it's a joke. Oh my gosh, it's so so starkly different. Um, that you can't even you can't even justify it. Not to me, not to me at all. Um, so now we have to think about the precedent that'll set. The precedent that it will set if he is not charged, if he is not held accountable, if he is in fact pardoned, is that a president is now above the law and can do whatever they want. So how would that go with a Democrat? I don't think it would go over very well. Um, what if a Democrat or even heaven forbid for them, right? For us, it'd be glorious, but heaven forbid for them, we get a, um, we get a progressive candidate. Uh, if we get a progressive candidate and they get in to office and there's this president that the president can, the president, not precedent, uh, can do whatever they want with impunity they can break any law. They can be as shady as they want. Um, they can do whatever they want up to and including trying to indict their political opponents. Okay. And let's say Trump wins in 2024, right? That also means that a president, because he will, a president can then lock up all of their political opponents by claiming that they are trying to be propagandists against them, speak out against them, speak out against the state. They hate the state. Uh, they hate America, whatever. Um, they're against the troops, they're traitors, whatever, whatever nonsense he'll spew out. Cause I guarantee you if he wins in 2024, that's all you're going to hear. That is absolutely. In fact, you may not have, um, a presidency anymore. You might just have a dynasty because I 100% seeing him just doing away with the constitution altogether and installing himself and his family as the Royal family of America. Wouldn't shock me at all. Um, it would not shock me in the slightest. But let's say, for whatever reason, there is still uh, a presidency, an electorate after that, right? Then you have the potential for a progressive candidate to come in and imprison all of their political opponents. They wouldn't, but there's the potential there, right? Or, or to just do whatever the hell they want and not even worry about what Congress says about it. Just make sweeping laws and just have no checks and balances. When we talk about the vaunted and mythical checks and balances, okay, that are supposed to be in this country, they're supposed to hold people like this accountable. They're supposed to deal with this exact thing that that's going on. That's the whole point of, of having the idea of checks and balances. It's the whole point of, um, having a system that has three branches of government so that if one branch gets a little too uppity, the other two can hold it in check. And that is not happening. The Supreme Court is supposed to be held in check by the Office of the Presidency and the Senate, and it's not happening. Well, rather, the legislative branch. And it's not happening. Um, when you have the presidential branch going off half-cocked and the Supreme Court is doing nothing about it and the legislative branch is busy debating about whether or not he did anything wrong, uh, that's an issue. 
And now we have a former president who had who had classified documentation in his home with with foreign leaders visiting his home. Do you I mean it's not a great leap to think, hey, I just showed you where all our nuclear stuff was. I just showed you where all of our assets, uh, our, our intelligence assets were and who they are and how they're undercover. Um, I just showed you every operation that we've been doing for the last 10 years. Right there for you to see. I uh, showed you where every one of our missiles is. It's, oh my gosh. And I did it all for my own personal gain and my own political clout. So that I can um, get you to help me later to cheat and win an election again. That I didn't win the last time that I won because um, I didn't win the popular vote at all. I barely won the Electoral College and there is considerable, considerable evidence that it was tampered with by foreign powers. Like, come on. I'm just saying, if this was a progressive, a progressive person or a Democrat doing this, they'd have crucified that person politically, publicly, criminally. They would have indicted that person yesterday. It wouldn't even be a question. It wouldn't even be a question. Now, I spent the first almost 20 minutes just ranting about that nonsense. So I'm going to switch gears try to go to the positive side of things because I don't feel like I touch on the positive enough. Let's talk about Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg is the Justin Trudeau of America. <laughs> I need this man to be my president. He is our Zelensky. You guys get that? Like he is, he's so smart and he's so charismatic and he's so savvy that if we don't, see him on a presidential ticket anytime soon. The Democratic Party has just lost their minds. Um, this man is so popular that he has won over and over and over again in California um, as a senator and is still in the Senate, one of the most vaunted senators in the Senate. Um, and he deserves 100%, 100% to be a considerable ticket for president. He's old enough. He's savvy enough. He's intelligent. You know, he uh, knows what he's talking about. He has plans. He has ideas. He's progressive and he's young. He's young. He's not, you know, the crypt keepers cousin. <laughs> okay. He's not, you know, I, I, I hate to use it, but he's not sleepy Joe. I like that. Joe Biden is going kind of like rogue right now. And dark Brandon is rising. Totally digging that vibe. But, really that's for votes like don't even be don't even be surprised it's 100% because it helps his poll numbers which have been poor for the last two years we're coming up on midterms he's got to make a good impression he's got to push it and his election is just around the corner and he's starting to feel the pressure so now he's doing shit and kind of like trying to be tough I need somebody who's actually tough I need somebody who's actually tough on conservatives. Okay. In fact, let's talk about somebody who's actually tough on conservatives. Maybe not old enough to be president, but I'm telling you, if she ever runs, I'm 100% going to support her. 100%. 100%.
Oh my gosh, AOC. Oh. I love her so much. She's fantastic. Oh my gosh, Miss Cortez, we love you. You you are just killing it. I actually her shouting uh in the Senate. Oh my gosh. She's my spirit animal. She's awesome. Um so McCarthy's in the Senate and says nobody elected Joe Biden to be FDR. And in the background, you can hear you can hear Alexandria go. I did <laughs> like solid, solid. If she's ever on a ticket to be president or vice president, I'm circling the dot. I'm not even ask questions. Circle the dot. I know that seems ridiculous, but her track record speaks for herself. This woman only has the American people's interest in mind. She's not interested in any nonsense. So she's so fiery that sometimes she forgets exactly what it is she's trying to like get across. Maybe the wording's not perfect, right? But for real, this woman is exactly what I would love to see in a president. In fact, if you gave me her as president with Buttigieg as vice president, man, I would I would race to get that ballot in. I would race to get it in 100 uh, percent. Megan Coyne. Let's talk about Megan Coyne. Megan Coyne is um, the handler for the White House Twitter account and is oh, she's absolutely the reason we have such gold about student loan forgiveness. Uh, and talking about, like, kind of throwing shade at the Republicans that are talking shit about it uh, by pointing out that they had sometimes, for some of them, even millions of dollars uh, for, you know, given to them in PPP loan, right? Forgiven in PPP loan. Just given away. No payback, nothing. They were just given money during the pandemic. We weren't. We were given some checks and told, hey, hope you don't die. By the way, you should probably go to work so that the economy doesn't collapse. Also, we don't give a shit about you, but we're going to pretend like you're the unsung heroes of the country. And then the moment that this pandemic looks like it's even turning the corner, you're back to being some schmuck at the Walmart that we don't give a shit about anymore. As if we didn't give a shit about you during the pandemic while we were trying to tell you what a great hero you were in your face. Anyway. Point is, is, this gal is super sassy, absolutely wonderful. She was um, a social media expert for uh, the New Jersey governor when she was 19. Um, she is not only the social media handler for the White House's Twitter, but also she is not, as conservatives have been trying to say this last couple weeks, and I mean... Literally, they keep pushing this thing as if pushing what they think to be true somehow makes it true, right? Um, she's not 19. She's not an intern, okay? She is 24 or 25, kind of up in the air. She, you know, uh, but she's still in her mid-20s, roughly. And she is a well-accomplished woman working at the White House, and you should put some fucking respect behind that. Because, man, am I tired of the Marjorie Taylor Greens that have high school diplomas 
uh, and the Lowen Boberts who have freaking GEDs shitting all over the AOCs and the Megan coins who put themselves through school, made something of themselves, and are strong, empowered, no-nonsense women who deserve accolades. They deserve it. I'm so, so tired of people on the right's hypocrisy that Marjorie Taylor Greene is like sent by God and Lauren Boebert is just, you know, this great paragon of Christendom. Um, but these two women are terrible. One's a 19-year-old intern who's just sassing on Twitter, right? And the other is uh, just an angry former bartender slash barista um, who's, you know, lazy and entitled and is trying to give things to lazy, entitled millennials, despite the fact that every graph and every info data that we've ever gotten shows that our generation, millennial generation, has worked harder for less than every generation before us since the Great Depression, period, bar none, no argument. The statistics are there. The data's there. Facts don't care about your feelings. Cry about it. Get bent. <laughs> so it's going to be positive. Anyway. What's up, guys? This is Van from the Politically Pagan Podcast. You know that thing you're probably listening to right now? Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to let you guys know that listener support is on if you feel like donating any amount of skrilla our way we'd really appreciate it helps us keep the lights on helps us keep making content if you can't that's cool but if you feel like you want to it's there and we always appreciate it thanks so much for supporting the podcast guys we're glad that we could be here for you (laughs) uh 25 minutes rant Sorry, guys. Um, let's get to the actual positivity, though. Yeah. Uh, be kind to yourself. It's hard right now. You need to be kind to yourself. Be kind to your mind. Uh, you know, keep in mind your craft. Keep in mind the earth, right? Take some time to unplug. I've completely left Facebook. Entirely left Facebook. I've been trying to avoid politics, but fuck if it's not everywhere right now. You know, um, I've been trying to get back into painting. I do Warhammer 40, I'm sorry, 40K and Age of Sigmar painting. Um, and I do uh, D&D miniature painting. And that's like kind of like my hyper focus. really dig that. Um, kind of takes my mind off of things. Very meditative. Uh, I take care of my plants. You know, I read my books. I, I study more into the craft. I try to, I try to ground myself in more esoteric matters. I'm not a Wiccan. Um, I am a Norse pagan. No, not the schmatzy kind. Uh, the uh, Odin's the all-father. That means father of all kind. Yeah, that kind. Um, and I don't even necessarily work with Odin, but um, I generally just like to care about other people and try to be better for myself and, and better in uh, my mentality and, you know, trying to be more positive, which is hard when you have a political podcast. Um, you know, just 
actively working on things that go beyond this plane, okay? Because this is a temporary meat walk. We are in a meat suit. Uh, it's temporary for all of us, and we will all eventually go back to being ethereal beings that will do this all again. And who knows if it's even going to be here, you know? Funny how no past lives are of aliens. Isn't that weird? It's also funny how a lot of people that do a past life meditation believe they're like Rasputin or whatever. Um, just be honest. Be intellectually honest. There's a good chance that if you're doing a past life meditation and you are not a different gender or you're not just like a normal peasant or even one of your ancestors, right? And instead you're like thinking you were like Vlad Dracula or, you know, um, oh, you know, Rasputin, like I said, or, you know, Aleister Crowley, heaven forbid, that's a fresh one, but you know, you know what I mean? King Solomon, right? There's a good chance that that wasn't you, man, right? Um, you're talking about ones and billions, right? So unless you are somehow a fragment of that soul, right? Which I, I, you know, I believe in that possibility. I don't think we necessarily stay one whole being all the time. I'm sure we get bored doing that and go, you know what? I'm going to split myself into like eight of me and see what happens just for funsies, right? <laughs> I mean, ethereal beings, we're talking about fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth dimensional beings, right? Or beyond that are having fun, right? I can't imagine why this would be fun, but hey, you know, I'm not a I'm not a in my fourth dimensional, fifth dimensional, sixth dimensional at at nauseum self. Right. I'm just me on Earth right now trying to be the best that I can be. Um, so just take a step back and reassert the positive in your life. Right. Find that thing that you're enjoying and do that thing. You know, right now, shit's weird. And it's really bad, right? Just take a step back. Do something that's going to take your mind off of it for a little bit. We don't have to be pedal to the metal ready to go all the time. Uh, we were not designed to be that way. The gods don't want us to be that way. That's not a wise way to think about life. Okay. Um, should we be focused about the here and now? Should we know what's going on? 100%, right? We should be informed, but it shouldn't be our all-consuming mindset all the time because that is, uh, uh, that's destructive in its own way. It can really wear you down and it can really like scar your spirit to be in all the negative um, stuff surrounding politics and um, even some religious issues um, all the time, okay? And if you're wondering how to deal with the Greg Locks in the world, right? If you're wondering how to deal with these pastors that are saying they're going to come and burn us and they're going to shoot us or whatever else, I have two things, okay? The first thing about this anti-witch rhetoric that's coming out of churches right now, okay, is we should be teaching them, right? We should be teaching them what Christ-like means, right? 
through word, deed, action, all of it. A good portion of us were Christian. A good portion of us grew up in Christian households. We know what the teachings of Christ are. We've reread and read that book over and over again. We just read it through a lens of not falling for the bullshit. You know, not falling for the the sales pitch, right? Do this or else, right? Nah. Um, instead, we read it and went, this is very gaslighty, very manipulative. It's an excellent control mechanism, um, actively promotes um, fear and separation and tribalism, um, actively promotes slavery and grape and all kinds of other horrible things, right? Um, so not my jam, right? A good portion of us were in that, that life, uh, deconstructed from that faith, right? You know, it took me a long time to get over all that guilt. It took me going through being Christian, like actively in my heart, seeking God and even finding him for a time. Right. Um, and then losing my way again, because I, I don't know what to tell you guys. The fandom is wrong. They're just wrong. God is truly like uh, Adonai. Adonai is amazing. Uh, Adonai is a very loving, very kind God that wants to see human beings fulfill our potential of being kind, of being loving, of being neighborly, of being almost paradise-like on our own planet, but is also hurt by the fact that they're attributed to war and death and disease and destruction and all of these things as if other gods don't have those spheres, right? Because it has to be the one God, right? Christians have to have that one God that just has everything taken care of and under wraps. They don't even give their own God the benefit of the doubt of being fallible, of having humanity. They don't give him that benefit of the doubt at all, at all. And they're like, he had to come in the form of Yeshua, to come in the form of Jesus, to uh, to experience what it was like to be human as if he hadn't created us, right? As if he wasn't all-knowing. Why did your God have to come down, take the form of a man, experience the life of a... You don't even hear the asinine teachings you're te telling yourself over and over again. So if he came down in the form of a man to understand men... Right. And understand what they were going through so that he could then forgive the sin, which is literally just the stuff that God doesn't like. He required a blood sacrifice. To deal with the stuff he didn't like to pay for the crime that he decided was a crime that he could have decided was not a crime. Right. Without killing someone. Hello? <laughs> like, Adonai, Adonai is not like that at all. Very kind, very loving God who wants to see the best in humans, right? Yeshua, risen to deification by humans, also now is, you know, is a spirit. It's a Godhead. It, is, it, it took on its own thing, 
right? Um, when you give something a divine attribute, it becomes divine. That's how it works. Uh, if you pray to the Archangel Michael, you're praying to the Archangel Michael. It has now become a thing, right? Just by being prayed to. You can pray to the flying spaghetti monster. Okay, now it's a god. The deification happens every day for anything at all. Okay, so I would say, firstly, okay, as a first step, present to them the Christ-likeness that they should themselves be demonstrating. Okay, kindness, mercy, respect. Okay, human dignity. Yes, they want to hurt us. Or at least that's what they say. Yes, they want to see our practices extinguished because they don't agree with them. They've never studied them. They've never even looked into them at all because it is so forbidden, right? The devil is so strong that apparently God can't protect them from a book, right? Uh, can't protect them from D&D stuff or Harry Potter stuff or whatever else. You know, my own family's house decked out in sigils. It's crosses and and um, decked out in spells. It's Bible verses, but that's what sigils and spells are. And they don't get it. They don't see it as witchcraft. It is. It's just witchcraft for your faith. It's just witchcraft for your faith. When you pray... You are putting word and focus to an intent. And when you put that intent out into the universe, you have just cast a spell. That's how that works. If you can't understand the fundamentals of the thing you claim to hate that you do every Sunday, <sighs> we need to teach them. We need to show them through our actions first. I'm getting angry. And I shouldn't. Okay, I shouldn't be angry at ignorance. It's our job as practitioners of the craft to gain and and share knowledge. We are here to learn. We're here to learn lessons. We're here to learn about the craft and the more esoteric things. Right. Whatever path of spirituality you're on, you're on that because you're here to learn something spiritual. Right. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that your path is the right one. It doesn't mean your path is the only one. And to say that it is, is absolutely bafflingly arrogant. So don't preach like they do. Don't be like a Pharisee, as Jesus would say. Right. Don't go out and preach about how much holier than thou we are. Right. Don't don't go out and be like, well, paganism so much better because of X, Y and Z. Right. Instead, go out and say, I'm going to be a, a good person. I'm going to be a light in this world. I'm going to be a light to people that are in, in darkness, people that are suffering, people that are in pain, people that need a kind word. Maybe they need a meal, right? That's how we should be handling this first, right? We already know there's a lot more of us than they think than they even think there is because we're not in churches there's no census for pagans okay 
<laughs> we're most of us are primary uh, are pri uh, uh, solitary practitioners, right? Practicing in our own homes, uh, trying to solve our spiritual quests and and uh, questions on our own through study, through learning, through meditation, through inner focus, through maybe even therapy, right? There's many, many, many ways to get where we're trying to go, okay? And there are many, many, many helpers or gods that are willing to help us find our way there, right? Uh, work with us. We don't serve them. That's a big difference. That's a big key difference between a practitioner of the craft and most faiths. We're not worshiping these gods, right? We're not um, revering them as these great vaunted higher beings. We are on the same level. We're on a same playing field with them. They are on the spiritual plane, right? And we are on the material plane. The spiritual plane needs things from the material plane, and the material plane needs things from the spiritual plane. We are a partnership. It's a symbiosis. It is not a servant-master situation for either side, right? Do we? If you're Wiccan, you revere the goddess and the horned god and the maiden, uh, mother, and crone, right? Um, yes, but you don't pray to the goddess necessarily to, to do things for you. You manifest that for yourself, right? The goddess is an excellent conduit and an excellent helper, an excellent guide to getting that spiritual thing done, right? Christians do the same thing. They just don't know it, okay? You're not a slave to God. You're a partner. Okay, you're not a slave to Jesus. You're a partner. The Bible calling you a slave. That's men trying to control what they know they can't. That's human beings trying to control the divine when they know they can't because material is material and spiritual is spiritual. And the human being, the human mind, the sentient mind. Right. Um is capable of transcending and understanding the in-between. That doesn't necessarily mean that uh, animals don't have spirits or things like that. They do. I 100% believe that they do, right? And I actually believe that most animals are more attuned to the spirit realm than we are, 100%. We are so tied down to the material that we are a hybrid. We're in between both. But we also ha are held back by the material. It's like chains for us. Okay? To be human is not the height of existence. To be human is to learn from being human. Just as if you were to come back and, let's say Hinduism is correct, you come back and you're a dog, right? You have a reason for being a dog. You have lessons to learn as a dog, right? And you're going to learn those lessons as a dog. Your spirit is now a dog for this this go round are you going to have the same focus and control and even mental capacity as a human being maybe not but your emotional and spiritual energy will still be the same 
right? You can't talk in human, right? <laughs> but you can still communicate in dog, right? That's that's where I'm getting at this. What I'm trying to say is that the spiritual and the material are separate, but there are arbiters between, right? The soul is the arbiter between. The soul. The soul is in everything. Rocks have souls, okay? Plants have souls. Dogs, cats, fish, ants have souls, right? Uh, everything has a soul. Everything produces energy. The laws of thermodynamics prove this with science. Everything has energy. And as far as we know, that's all a soul is, is energy, right? It is this metaphysical thing that we can't see, grasp, measure, or whatever else, because we don't have the instrumentation yet. Therefore, who the hell knows, right? But I can tell you assuredly, pretty, pretty um, authoritatively, well, not authoritatively, I'm not a god, but you know what I'm saying, uh, in, a, in a way that it should be innate, right? You should feel it inside. If you hurt a dog, you'd feel guilty, right? You squish an ant. I don't like ants, but I feel bad. You know, I don't like spiders either. But, you know, especially in my house, I have arachnophobia. Sometimes I just kill them. Right. But then I feel bad. I have a guilt in my heart for hurting that, that being. Right. Some people go their whole lives without feeling that guilt. Right. But the closer you get to the spirit, the closer you get to um, being a spiritual being in your heart, right? Instead of just a material one, the more you realize that that kind of thought is going to pop up. Uh, it's just, it just is what it is. But then I would say our first step to digress, I went off the reservation there for a bit, didn't I? Um, to digress, what we should be doing with Christians that want to be hateful to us is love them. And not in a Christian love kind of way, right? Not in a, I'm going to turn you to my line of thinking kind of way, right? In a, if you don't have clothes, I'm going to clothe you. If you don't have food, I'm going to feed you. If you don't have a place to sleep, I will give you a bed, right? If you don't have what you need to be okay, I'm going to fight to make sure you do, right? If you don't have the right to practice your faith, I'm going to fight to make sure that you do. Right. Christians need to be retaught what it means to be Christ like instead of Paul like instead of following Paul's teachings. They need to re they need to reel back and go back through and remember that before they worry about the splinter in their brother's eye, they should worry about the beam in their own. OK. They need to worry about themselves a lot more than they need to worry about what everyone else is doing, because no matter what they do by their own theology, they're sinners, too. They have their own sin to worry about. They can leave our sin alone. Yeah. Right. But we can still love them. We can still be kind to them in the way that we really wish they would be to us. And that way, if and when they come for us in a violent fashion. If we stand up for ourselves, the stark difference will be very clear. Okay? We will be blameless in defending ourselves. 
So be kind to yourself, be kind to others, be kind to, you know, your Christian uh, friends and family. If they cross your boundaries, that's a completely different story. Do not allow them to do that. Walk away. Leave. Don't say a word. Just stop the interaction and walk off. Okay, it's very important that they understand that there is a boundary. Okay, trying to convert us, that's a boundary, right? We're not interested in being converted. Most of us were already there. Okay, we're interested in trying to be kind and trying to live our lives quietly. All right, and in a way that and continues to improve us, right? We don't want to be on TikTok calling you out on your shit, but we'd like somebody to call you out on your shit, and you're certainly not doing it within your own community. <laughs> so, you know, and yeah, guys, we can't keep attacking each other over differences in belief. We just can't, right? We're all pagans. We're all here trying to figure out our spiritual path. So, in that, on that note, and in that spirit, I just want to tell you guys that I hope you guys have um, a wonderful month. If it takes me a month to do another one, like it has uh, re uh, of of late, um, and I hope that you guys walk uh, in kindness and that you walk in love and that you guys um, just continue to improve yourselves and be better with yourselves. Go into your own practice. Become introspective, right? But also think about what you can do to help those around you. So this has been Van again. I'm going to sign off. It's been Politically Pagan. I uh, appreciate you guys listening. And I wish you all the best month or week or however long it is between the next episode. Bless be everybody.